Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Bridget Tunnicliffe. In the program this week, the all-black Zach Guilford is given another life at the Crusaders. Ill-discipline leads to the suspension of four players in the Australian cricket team. Softball New Zealand hopes a Black Sox recent World Championship win will inspire the next generation and trigger more funding. We talked to former Silver Fern Liana Leota about her comeback and the Central Pulse's chances in this year's ANZ competition. And the Highlanders' first five, Colin Slade, talks about overcoming a horror run of injuries. The All Black Zach Guilford admitted publicly this week he is an alcoholic. The World Cup winning player has been reinstated to professional rugby and the Crusaders after being suspended in January when he was accused of punching a party goer in Christchurch. Guilford told reporters he's hugely grateful to be given another opportunity to show he's serious about getting his life in order. He says it's been tough, but accepting he is an alcoholic is a first step. I've been away, I've seen the experts and I've um, had help. I've great acceptance of who I am. My understanding was limited around alcoholism, the issue I had. Do you feel powerless to it? Yeah, and that's the first step, is admitting, you know, I was was powerless over alcohol. And and once I I realised that, everything sort of became a bit easier. You know, I've made mistakes and now I'm just looking forward and looking forward to bettering my future, really. Zach, do you think you'll drink alcohol again? Uh, I don't plan to, Jim, but uh, I can only sort of make that decision one day at a time and, and that's the easiest process for me. I don't see it in my future. Look at the damage it's caused for me, so it is a, it's a pretty small sacrifice and uh, the road I've been for the last for the last 60 days has, has been a happy one and a pleasant one and um, one I want to continue. You know, you could have had your contract ripped up last night. Well, I thought it would have been ripped up 60 days ago, you know, when I my latest incident. So I'm, I'm just grateful for another opportunity, really. I can't um, take into account what other people say too much because once I have an understanding of who I am, if I let that burden me too much, then that's when I, that's when I will get there. So what have you done over these 60 days? I guess the, the first step was acceptance. Went away to a facility for 28 days where I learned a lot. And you know, I guess I, I went there thinking I knew it all, but I didn't. And that's when I got out of the denial stage and started accepting who I am. And... Uh, Realising that I can't do what I have been doing in the past and uh, with the help of, of um, Rob and Simon I got there and it was probably um, the best thing I've done so far for myself. I'm hanging out to get back out there. I had a game for my club side on, on Saturday so the moment is just going to be getting back down to Christchurch tomorrow and then, and then taking it from there. Zach Guilford. The same day he made his public admission, the Crusaders chief executive Hamish Reak and coach Todd Blackadder spoke to the media. Reak told reporters that he didn't feel that the Crusaders were put under pressure to take Guilford back. We're really happy with the decision. Uh, the NZAU are the employer rather than us, uh, but we've been consulted, uh, we've been um, included uh, to a degree. 
uh, and, and we're happy with, with the outcome uh, and looking forward to him coming back. Sure. Essentially, um, the Crusaders don't really have any power over you know, what happens with his employment, do they? No, I mean, that's true. Zach is employed by the New Zealand Rugby Union, as is every professional player. Uh, having said that, um, we're, we're all in this together, and, uh, and for Zach to contribute again to New Zealand rugby, uh, you know, we're all going to play our part and we'll have to play our part to, to make, make that happen, including Zach himself. And so management and coaches and the team are fully behind his return? Yes, we are. Yeah, well, absolutely. You know, the players are really happy. The coaches, the management are really happy. You know, I think um, you know, every situation is very, very different. And you know, the fact that Zach's when he got the help, the professional help that he needs to help him with his illness, makes us really unique and quite different. So, the fact that he's you know, he's obviously gone and sought the help, um, and we're going to be involved with the, that, the process still going forward, is a great. It's, it's not only indicates that. Um, he's on the right track too, but it'd be everything. Information that we've got is that he can be integrated back into rugby. So I think it's it's significant and so it's life changing and it's great. Todd, how important was it initially that before the story broke, he came to you with the issue before it, the issue came to you elsewhere? I think that was really important, you know, because obviously there had been you know things from the past. Um, there'd been issues from the past. It was really important that he told us first so that we could then sort of manage the situation. Um, and you've got to remember too, we've never had to manage a situation like this. No one has, and and, um, and this is very unique. It's not just a rugby matter, it's not an on-field matter. It's not a, it's a, while sometimes you can see these things as behaviours, we can all recognise those things. It's the things in behind that that we just don't have the skills for and we're not qualified for. And so this w- wouldn't have been a second chance unless Zach had obviously um, initiated the fact that he's actually gone to sort of help, which has then, you know, obviously underlined the real issue is that he's got uh, he's got you know, obviously alcohol issues and things like that, and he's sought professional help to help him through that. Does he have to regain some trust within the environment? I don't think so. Trust. I mean, Zach's yet to address the team, and you know, we've yet to talk to the people. So we understand Zach better and how best we can probably conduct ourselves around Zach. But I don't think he is doing the trust back. I think it's more about himself now. I think the players are very forgiving. I think that this is a really good environment. And if, if anything, too, it's going to be a, a great test for us because you know, if we, we talk about being a Crusader family, which we really are and teammates, we pride ourselves on that, it gives us a second chance, too, to get that part right to make, to make sure that you know, we can be here and to help support him because it hasn't just finished now. You know, it's going to be an ongoing process probably for the rest of his life. But in, in this very this short period, medium to, to long term, we've got to be here to support him through that. So I think, if anything, it's about the relationship going forward, um, not only him earning the trust back, and, but, but, but also, too, the players making sure that they can support him. How many more chances can you give him? Well, I think that... You know, because he's now gone and, and got the professional help, and he knows what's right and wrong, and and obviously, you know, I've got to be really careful what I say here. But I, I hope this never happens again, and I hope for his sake, this is life changing. What about you as the CEO, Hamish? I mean, is this for you last chance? Oh, 
Zex is a, is a pretty unique set of circumstances. Uh, he's got um, some issues and illness that he's addressing, uh, and I don't want to reflect wider than uh, this particular set of circumstances. Zach is where he is at the moment. He um, has been reinstated. We welcome that. We're looking forward to working with him to continue um, to see that he can be a fully functioning and contributing member uh, of this team. Hamish, how satisfied are you with uh, the information you've been given about his rehabilitation process and how that's gone and does it make you comfortable? Yeah, I mean, it seems like a pretty complete process. The reports that we've seen clearly indicate that uh, and he's, he's gone through a pretty rigorous process with this employer, uh, his employer, who is clearly satisfied. So um, we're looking forward to him back and working with him. Can you clarify, Hamish, did the New Zealand Rugby Union actually come to you before they had the hearing and ask whether you wanted them back or how you felt? They've, they... kept, they've kept talking to us through this process, yeah. Because Todd said at one stage that you hadn't really knew, didn't know much about when the hearing was going to be held as if you had been in the dark a wee bit. So... Oh, look, you can, you can look at a process in hindsight and, and uh, see some ups and downs. Um, we're very satisfied, however, that the substantial nature of the hearing uh, in the process has included our perspective. How, within the group, for a guy with alcohol issues, how difficult will it be for him? Are there other players in the team who choose not to drink alcohol, for example? Yes, there are. With, you know, there's been issues in the past um, that guys have had to you know, obviously have counselling with, and, and guys have obviously had alcohol-related issues within teams before, and we have had guys that have come in and actually talked about their experiences and the fact that Guys are going to have to be here to support me. I can't drink in a team environment. And the guys have really rallied around. Um, but, you know, obviously you have to get to that point yourself and uh, for other people to, to support you. So this is just one of the, you know, another thing that we'll probably have to do in time. That was Todd Blackadder at the end. You're listening to Extra Time, a web-only programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Bridget Tunnicliffe. The Australian cricket team was rocked by the suspension of four players this week, including the vice-captain Shane Watson, for failing to complete a homework assignment on time. The players were stood down from the third test against India after failing to provide suggestions to the coach, Mickey Arthur, as to where the side could improve after being thrashed in the first two tests. Watson returned to Australia for the birth of his first child and told the media he couldn't accept the extreme nature of the punishment. But the captain, Michael Clark, told Cricket Australia that a line needed to be drawn in the sand. Look, I think at the end of the day, with the team we have, with the position we sit in, being 2-0 down in this series, I don't think it's too extreme at all. I think the reality is, um, after having a couple of days off as a team, we were asked to do one thing by the coach in regards to preparation uh, leading up to our first training day. Four of the players did not up here to what was required from them and that is unacceptable if you want to be a part of the Australian cricket team. I think the one thing that um, I want the players to understand and the public to understand back home that to represent Australia is a huge honour. We owe the game a hell of a lot every time we walk out onto the field. Not the other way around. The game owes us nothing. So if you are, if you are not going to adhere to the standards of the Australian cricket team, if you're not going to do everything in your power to help the team, to help, you, help yourself have success, especially when you're 2-0 down in the series, then unfortunately there's consequences. Is, is that all it was, the fact that they, they didn't hand in a, in a note, or is this something that maybe has been building over a long period of time and, and now has been the moment to make the, make the tough call? 
No, it's a lot bigger than that. There's been a number of things on this tour that have not been as up to the standard that we would want as an Australian cricket team. Hence our performance. Um, you know, you draw a line in the sand. This, like I say, after you know, you know, being given two days to freshen up, to think about your game, to think about where you can help the team, coming back into our first training day in preparation for two of the biggest test matches of your career to have a chance at levelling this series. If you can't do as you're asked from the head coach, like I say, that's unacceptable and that has a consequence. And you think sending a strong message like this will, will help improve the, the team's uh, attitude and behaviours going forward? Like I said, you have to have your standards. And we've set our standards. And I think there's been a, a few issues on this tour where we haven't been hitting the mark. And this is one of those that's it's unacceptable, in my opinion, for us to have the success we want to have as an Australian cricket team, for us to give ourselves every chance of levelling this series and going on. We've got a Champions Trophy, we've got an Ashes series. For the Australian team to get back to where we want it, we have to be very disciplined with these standards. Is the big picture here about making sure that the Australian team can get back to number one in the world? Without doubt. And that's been our focus for a long time and will continue to be our focus and I think that's the main thing here we can't afford to let our standards slip because one, two, three four players are not adhering to what's required of being an international cricketer of playing at the highest level, there's a lot of teams you can play for these days, you can play IPL you can play first class cricket, you can play county cricket, in my eyes representing Australia is different to all of those teams and I hope every single player feels the same, I know the coach does I know the support staff does and I know a lot of majority of the players do and it's as simple as that. We have a standard. You have to. Playing for your country, representing Australia, your country, people back home, watching, supporting, they want to see this team have success. And even if we don't have success, they want to see us fighting every single day to try and win. And if you're not looking after yourself, if you're not looking after the team, if you're not doing what's required to be a part of this great team, that's unacceptable in my opinion. Critics and, and analysts and, and uh, the criticism may be that you know there's a bit more behind this that we're we're not telling the full story. Is there any more to it? No, like I said, it's not just about one incident. There's been a build up to get to this. I think the other side is we have been very patient and are being very patient with the group of young players we have. We do have expectations, but we're realists as well. So we're not going out of our way to hit the boys extra hard because we feel like it. We want this team to perform the way we know we can and the way we know we should. And like I say, I know I continue to say it, but if you don't meet the standards that are required to be a part of the Australian cricket team, then that's the way it is, unfortunately. On a personal note, has this whole process, you, have you taken something away as captain and learned something from, from all of this and, and, I guess, getting to this point and having to make such a decision? Look, it's the hardest, it's the hardest thing in the world. Um, you know, you want to have the opportunity to pick your full-strength team. You don't want any issues like this in a team. You don't want to have to discipline any player. That's the toughest thing in the world. But, unfortunately, it's part of your role as, as a senior player uh, as a captain, as a coach, as a leadership group. Um, and I'm very fortunate that I have a lot of support around me. You know, this, this certainly hasn't been a decision we've made lightly. Um, you know, Mickey, the team manager, Gavin Dovey and myself have spoken a lot over the last three days. Um, you know, it's important to the team. The Australian cricket captain, Michael Clark. 
Softball New Zealand hopes the Black Sox World Championship win will inspire more to get involved in the sport and translate into extra funding. In a country dominated by rugby, cricket and netball, softball enjoyed the spotlight after the Black Sox beat Venezuela 4-1 in Auckland last weekend. Nick Butcher filed this report. Sixteen teams fought it out over nine days, but in the end, the Black Sox took the title. It was the captain, Reese Castley, who swept the team to victory when he hit a winning three-run homer. However, he wasn't taking all of the credit. We had 17 other guys in there as well who just kept pushing us through, and, you know, seven, 8,000 people here pushing us, so, uh, you know... After winning the three previous world championships, the Black Sox were thumped by Australia 5-0 back in 2009 and were not favourites to take the title this year. Black Sox coach Eddie Colassi says it's great to be on top again with the win over Venezuela. We've worked hard for it um, you know, since 2009 and um, you know, the, the team has um, just believed really, um, stuck to our processes and systems and uh, just worked very, very hard together. So very proud of them. The world champs were the final tournament for several veterans of the team, including 37-year-old Patrick Shannon. He says hitting a home run during the final was something he'll never forget. Oh, it was always nice to uh, have a good swing on the ball, you know, and obviously a final. To get one off the barrel was, you know, I didn't expect that at all. This is it for me. You've got a wife and kids to worry about, and being a full-time softball has its toll, but I can't think of a better way to go out right now. Softball New Zealand gets about $450,000 in annual funding for the Black Sox from High Performance Sport New Zealand. The general manager, Dane Dugan, says finding sponsorship is a challenge, so a higher level of funding is needed. The funding model is based on success amongst a couple of other criteria, so winning this I think all bodes well for us to be able to go back to High Performance Sport NZ now. And Sponsorship's always been a challenge in softball, and I think it's a challenge in any sport right now, really, so that's not just a softball thing. Softball New Zealand says about 33,000 people play the sport throughout the country, and it hopes the Black Sox' success will inspire more to get involved. That was Nick Butcher with that report. You're listening to Extra Time, a web-only programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Bridget Tunnicliffe. After taking a year out to have a baby and be with her rugby-playing husband in England, the former Silver Fern, Liana Leota, is on the comeback trail. She's been recruited by her old Southern Steel coach, Robin Broughton, for the Central Pulse's ANZ netball campaign. Leota told me that her plan was always to return to the ANZ next year, but she couldn't turn Broughton down. I was planning on coming back for internationals, but that, that's another thing to talk about. But yeah, definitely not. Um, we've still got another two years in England with Johnny's contract. But um, yeah, Robbie came to me and asked me if I'd come back. Um, I just said, get a good team, and you know, I'd leave my family on the other side of the world to come back if you know had a team that could could go for those top rankings, and she did, and so. I couldn't say no. And coming from the Manawatu, I guess it's also a chance to actually play for a franchise that you know you can represent your region for. Yeah, definitely. It's been a long time, and I've always tried to get you know still to play the Pulse and um, and Palmerston North, but it never quite happened. But yeah, no, definitely um, grateful to be back to be playing um, in in the region, and just to have my family members, you know, can come to home games. They don't have to fly all the way to Invercargill and stuff like that. So it'll be really nice and, yeah, a lot of people cheering for me instead of the other way around when I play in Wellington. And having a chance, a genuine chance of getting to the playoffs, was that a major attraction for you? Definitely. I think just being on the other side of the world and having my family, we were in a great place, you know. Um, we really enjoyed it over there and, 
yeah, for me, that was a big key thing. We um, we needed a team that would go all the way. And when she got me the players and, and the players that stayed on, um, yeah, like I said, I couldn't say no. What do you think this team is capable of this year? Top four and then to, we'll, we'll definitely um, go from there. You know, on paper, we've got great, great players with um, so much talent. I think too much talent, I think a few people have said. But um, definitely... Robbie is a coach that can bring all that talent together and put it put it out there. So if anyone can do it, I, I know she can. Are you pleased with the way you're playing after some time out? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've had, I think the break made me refresh, you know, get the passion and the drive back. And I think I, I feel more mature. I don't know why, whether it's a time out or what, but I can see things clearer. I think I have a great balance between netball and family now, and it's not all just netball. So, you know, I'm feeling really good. I feel different, but a good different. And, but, yeah, really rearing to go. And making it back into the Silver Ferns, is that a major goal for you this year? Um, at the minute, no. I think I, I just want to play well. If I get my form back and I'm playing well and enjoying it, doing it, then yes, definitely. But yeah, for me, I've got to, I've got to show what I've got and put my hand up week in, week out before I can even say I'm ready, ready to put that big dress on. While you were away last year, did you follow the results of the Silver Ferns pretty closely? Uh, to be honest, not really. I think when you're on the other side of the world, things like that. I don't know, just, yeah, you just don't worry about it. If it comes up in conversation with family members or, you know, if, if it's around the time when you're skyping, yeah. But for me, it was just having fun over there, um, different lifestyles, different budget and just something different that, yeah, I think it's really refreshed me as a person. And making a move like this to the Pulse, I'm yep. sure it helps that you obviously know Robin well and you've yep. played with a few of the girls as well. Yeah, definitely. I think it just makes it easier when you have pressure situa- situations, you know. Um, you've got those links when playing together. You just turn and you know that that person's going to be there the ball go. Or with Donna, I know that if, I'm, if I put the ball in, she'll shoot it and I don't have to worry about being at the top of the circle. So, yeah, it does it does help you and put you in good stead for pressure situations. Feeding to Donna Wilkins and Caitlin Thwaites. Um, Thwaites is such a good target there at goal shoot, and obviously Wilkins is a fantastic goal attack. Yeah, it's, it's a feeder's dream. You know, you've got someone, someone and Donna who will work hard for you, will get you to the circle edge, will put the ball through the hoop, and then you've got someone like Caitlin, big and strong, who I can let the ball go at halfway, and I know she's going to go up with two hands and pull it in. So for me, it really just makes my job easier. <laughs> And the Pulse practices a lot against the uh, local men's team, and I think a lot of the teams do that. What's it like? What kind of style do they play? Um, they're very physical. They're very aerial. Something different to, to ANZ, but I think for us it's just, yeah, it's like an Aussie style, you know. They're always there wherever you turn. Um, they're always competing with you in the air, so you, you, you get ready for those those tough situations and and battles against Aussies, and I suppose now the New Zealand teams that have picked them up. Liana Leota, the sixth season of the ANZ gets underway on March 24th. The Highlanders' first 5'8", Colin Slade, has overcome his latest lengthy injury setback to start a Super Rugby game for the first time in a year against the Hurricanes. The injury-played former All Black recovered from two broken jaws to be Dan Carter's understudy at the 2011 World Cup, only to be forced out of the competition with the same groin issue that ended Carter's Cup. 
Slade's now over his latest injury, a broken leg suffered last March, and he came on as a first-half replacement for young Lima Sopoanga in the Highlanders' loss to the Cheetahs. He spoke to Richard Wayne about his first competitive run in 12 months. The game probably suited me when it came on. We were, we were behind on the scoreboard, and it was it was an open sort of game. You know that suited me, and it was it allowed me to sort of forget about my injury and just worry about playing rugby, which is uh, you know it was really pleasing, I suppose. That I didn't even think about my leg once. I was just worried about trying to uh, get the team on the front foot, and, yeah, try and get a win. But obviously that didn't happen. So disappointed from that perspective, but uh, pretty positive about how or the fact I pulled through was was great. Yeah, it's been a, a obviously a well documented, tough and long road. I mean, God, a year since you last played. I mean, is it more arduous mentally than physically? Look, there's but challenges from both perspectives. I think you know at some stages, you know, there's obvious uh, physical hurdles to overcome. Um, you know, learning to run, learning to do my weights again and stuff like that. But you know, there's a massive mental component, and I suppose that's it's been the um, the last box to tick. I suppose of getting out there and doing the contact and getting that confidence to myself that I can play at this level again. And uh, that's why I was pleased about this weekend. And, but not, I wasn't really judging on my performance at all. I was just more judging how I felt, and, and I felt good, so I mean, that was a pass. You must be so mentally strong now, though. I mean, after all the setbacks you've had to be keep coming back in that, I mean, really, you must be one tough nut inside there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's I, I like to say to everyone, it was all character-building stuff, and, and, I, and I suppose that's the stuff that will apply to me for the rest of my life now is, you know, you get knocked down, but you've just got to keep getting back up, and there will come a time when, positive stuff comes through, you know, we get a few wins and last couple of years have became a distant memory so, um, you know, you've just got to keep trucking, keep being positive and, you know, one day that things will come right, it's just a matter of uh, playing that annoying waiting game until it does and, yeah, like like you said, I, I think uh, I'm getting better with every injury but it's obviously something I've, I don't want to test uh, again. Yeah, fingers crossed for no more. Have you had a word with um, young Lima? Because, I mean, you're only 25 but he's a lot younger than you and, and, and to get hooked like that before half-time must have, you know, probably been a bit of a downer for him. Yeah, yeah, I had a wee chat to him, and I, I just sort of said, you know, look, there's no point getting down about it. I've, I've been there before where um, we haven't played a great game, and I think the key thing for him is just to, to realise that one, one performance doesn't make a player. You know, the good thing about rugby is he's got, he's got next week to come back and show everyone his ability again, and he's got it, and he's shown it in the past. It was just uh, one perhaps uh, bad performance, but, you know, I've still got a lot of confidence in him, and, he, and so do the coaches too, that he can still play well at this level. And, yeah, I just don't think he should worry too much. It's good to you know mentally not lose him to the team for the year, and he he needs to stay tight and and keep positive and and contribute, and he's done that so far. It's only March, but I guess inevitably you know the All Blacks are on everybody's mind once the rugby season starts, and you know obviously um you've you've been there and you're on your way back, but I, I guess it's it's not very to the forefront of your mind at the moment. No, not at all, mate. It's uh, you know. For me, I, I love to give it. That's it's why I've, I've stayed here, and that's why I've I committed to, to getting right and, and getting back into the All Blacks. But uh, you know, do I want to be in that discussion? Come the All Blacks section, absolutely. But uh, you know, for me, I'm, I'm not even concerned about it in the slightest at the moment. For me, I, I've got to try and uh, get a starting spot here and hold that and play well week in, week out, and just get a couple of good games under my belt before I can worry about anything else. So, yeah, no, I'm not not too worried at the moment. But uh, I, I need to keep playing well to hold my spot. Right, obviously a rotten start with zero from two, but it's it's early in the season, and, and, and that Chiefs game opening up was, to my mind, the best game of Super Rugby so far that I've seen anyway. It was absolute cracker. Uh, is it more worrying, perhaps, how the Cheetahs maybe sort of bullied your boys a bit last weekend? Um, yeah, yeah, a little bit. It was, uh, the, you know, we were about deflated after the game. We, you know, you couldn't quite put your finger on it, but I suppose, uh, looking back on it, yeah, we did get beaten up a little bit, um, and, and that's something our forwards take take pride in. We've got a physical forward pack, Jamie's a physical uh, style coach in terms of he loves to 
he loves to train physically, so um, that was disappointing. But I still don't think that lost us the game. I think it was you know a mixture of a, a number of small things and, and obviously a couple of errors and, and tries on their behalf. But just a slight shift in mentality. We've got to keep positive. And you guys weren't alone in that. All three sides who play the South Africans, uh, you know, lost in, in physical encounters. The Blues coach Sir John Cohen mentioned how his side just weren't prepared well enough for the onslaught because, and I thought this is really interesting. He says it's not how New Zealand sides play. Now, look, is that like an attitudinal thing as, as much as a, a, a physical thing, or is it just uh, just big damn boys and they're really hard to handle? You know, well, I mean, that's his, that's his personal opinion, but I, I'm still quite sore after, you know, playing a New Zealand team than I am in other teams. So physically, we're, we're right up there with them, but um, I suppose perhaps he was meaning we, we, we don't just rely on physicality, we rely on skills as, as New Zealanders. You know, we've got a skillful forward pack. You know, all the teams do. That's just the way New Zealand rugby players are, and... I know you have to win the physical battle to beat the South African teams because that's what they rely so heavily on. So, yeah, look, he can justify his his answer. But, um, yeah, that's the way I look at it. We've got a lot of facets to New Zealanders' game and South Africans love that physical stuff. Colin Slade from the Highlanders. That's the show for this week. Remember, you can contact us at sport at radionz.co.nz and you can get the latest sports news anytime on our website. We'll be back next week with another edition of Extra Time. Bye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.